Hello, and welcome to episode 119 of the Convenient Counselor Podcast. My name is Brianna Leach. I'm a wife, a mom of three, and a licensed counselor. And this week, my self-care has not been on its A-game, but it has included some time in the hammock and online window shopping. And I hope that you're taking time out of your week to invest in yourself as well. And I'm so thankful you're here listening today. The goal of this podcast is to create a safe space for you to learn more about yourself and about mental health topics on your time. I always give the disclaimer that this is no replacement for actual therapy, but I do hope that it's a supplement for your mental health and you walk away with something you can apply to your week ahead. Today's episode is round six of questions for a counselor. I have two really great questions that were submitted and I want to dive into them both from my personal experience and professional experience, and I'm hoping to give a helpful answer. And regardless of whether these particular questions apply in your life, there's always some basic mental health or self-care principles that apply in these situations. So let's jump right in with question one. Any advice on a child who explodes when he can't figure out something? homework, assembling a toy, etc. It's unpredictable and so hard. Yes, let me just start with validating. Unpredictability in your child's behavior is a huge source of stress for parents. And it is. It's very, very hard to not be able to predict, is this going to set him off? Is this going to be the thing that he can't cope with? And I think if we can look at that question and break it down to he can't cope when he doesn't fully understand something, or he can't cope when he doesn't get something right the first time. So with parenting situations, I like to start with introspection first of how do you cope when you can't figure out something? Or what happens when you get really frustrated when you're trying to put furniture together? Or, you know, Ikea is the ultimate test of our patience. So what do you do in those moments? It helps to put yourself in those shoes, even though when we're seeing the behavior, all we think is, how do I stop it? How do I stop it? Or if you're around other people, especially, how does this reflect on me? And those are the wrong questions to be asking in that moment. If you can take a step back and see this child as, okay, brain's not fully developed. They haven't learned this yet. What do I need to model in this moment? Because unfortunately, not everyone is born with an extra dose of resiliency, and sometimes it has to be taught. You know, you meet those kids who very little things can knock them down, and then you meet other kids that a blow of the wind will knock them over. (laughs) So we have to step in and help teach and model that for a lot of children. And I get it. It's exhausting to have to do it over and over, especially if there's tears or yelling or just a major attitude shift in those moments. But if you can first take a step back and empathize, what would I do in this moment? When have I done this recently, even as an adult? Connect with the child. Man, I totally get why this is frustrating. I just did this the other week and this is what happened. You can connect with the child before you even try to correct it. Also in these moments, it's good to teach some autonomy and you can ask the child, do you want me to step in and help? Or do you just need some space to figure this out yourself? 
because of its homework and it's something they've learned, but it's just not maybe coming up as quickly as they want, they will feel more satisfied and build more tenacity if they do it themselves versus I'm just trying to get this project done or this toy assembled because I want to play with it. And because it's taking so long, I'm just so frustrated. In that case, they may want you to step in and get the batteries needed or the screwdriver that takes the little lid off or whatever. So you can show some respect to them and encourage autonomy by asking that question. Do you want me to step in or do you just need me to go in the other room so (laughs) you don't have an audience to this moment? Because I know personally, if I'm really upset, I just need room to breathe. I don't want everybody jumping in, giving me their advice of how this needs to be solved. And maybe that's the situation with your son. It's also good in these moments to have those annoying one-liners or mantras that maybe you're already saying or you can start saying, but things like, hey, you can do hard things. We know that. We've been saying this your whole life. Or my favorite is everything's figureoutable. We can, we can figure this out, whether it's on your own or together, or we bring in an outside resource, but we can figure this out. Little sayings like that, or we watched this old Toy Story movie that was from several years ago, but now my daughter will say, Meadow never gives up. Meadow finds a way because they, that's what Jesse said in the movie. Jesse never gives up. Jesse finds a way. So we've adopted that just as one of our many, many sayings that sound annoying in real time, but when they bubble up in those times of frustration, they can be effective. And one more thing I would add, we cannot be lawnmower parents and, you know, pave the way, make the grass perfectly clear in front of our children all the time. But if this is a pattern of behavior and you're seeing this happen often, maybe change up the times that he works on homework or buy toys that don't need to be assembled. (laughs) Just ways to avoid or mitigate risks when possible brings a little bit more peace to everyone. If you know that tying his shoes every single morning is going to cause an epic meltdown, that's why Skechers was made. That's why (laughs) Skechers Velcro shoes are a blessing from above. So little things that, again, not trying to make their entire lives easier, but If it's affecting daily life and it's something that happens regularly, you can take a deep breath and make a few changes that are preventative to hopefully avoid some of those meltdowns. And most of my examples are for younger children, but if this is an older child, like 16, 17, 18, and this is still happening, usually that's a sign of something bigger going on. I know as adults, if we kind of have this unexpected rage just come out of nowhere, It's typically because it's displaced anger. We're angry about something else or another area of our life that's out of control, and it's coming out in the way that someone parked in a parking lot, you know? So with an older child, this might be a really good moment to connect, again, before addressing the behavior, but being able to connect and say, whoa, this is not normally like you, or I know better, and I feel like something bigger is going on here. Do you want to talk about it? or maybe take them for a walk, or how can we connect in those moments of emotional explosions? So I hope that's helpful. I am fully validating that it is frustrating and hard and exhausting to kind of ride those waves of ups and downs emotionally. You are not alone in that. Okay, let's move on to question number two. What do I do when I just feel stuck? 
like I have no motivation and don't know what to do next. Thank you for submitting this question. I think a lot of us listening can raise our hands and say, yep, I've been there. Maybe this week, (laughs) maybe this morning, but we've all been there. You just feel stuck. It's kind of our body's response to stress. You can have fight, you can have flight, and you can have freeze. Freeze is being stuck in this moment. So some people want to take it head on. Others want to bury their head in the sand and just pretend it doesn't exist. But for those of us stuck in the frozen standpoint, we don't even know which way to go. There's just so much swirling around that I'm just going to stand here and hope that none of it lands on me. I have a full episode about what to do when you feel numb, which is very similar. And I'll link to that in the show notes. But for this particular question, the first thing that pops into my mind anytime we need a reset is nature. If you can get outside and even for five minutes, get some sunshine, take some deep breaths, walk. It's almost like something that dislodges something that's stuck. And if that's not realistic or it's raining or there's a hurricane coming, you know, getting to a window where there's sunshine, doing something for five minutes that is out of the norm. So maybe it's turning on music from when you were in high school or making a phone call to someone who always makes you smile. Maybe it's looking up funny reels or TikToks that will just shift your mind for a second because what happens is we get hyper fixated on the issue at hand or the problems or our to-do list and our brain can't operate that way nonstop. You can prioritize, you can make your schedules or if that's out of your wheelhouse and you don't like living that way, you can almost have too many options and not sure where to start. But either way, being stuck needs something to dislodge. So first thing in my head is nature. Second would be some sort of art. So that would be music, videos, creativity, using a different side of our brain. Because usually when we feel stuck, it's towards productivity. It's towards, you know, an emotional stuck, standing in place, treading water, pick your analogy, but we just need movement. So nature or art, and then physically changing locations. If your mind can't switch gears, your body can. Go into a different room, pick up your laptop, go to a room of the house that maybe you don't normally work in or at your office. If you have the flexibility to go somewhere else, sit in a lobby, change something up that helps you get unstuck. Now, I do want to add, sometimes in these moments, it can trigger what's known as a panic attack, where you feel like you are going to spontaneously combust (laughs) emotionally. You feel like, I just can't get off this hamster wheel of thoughts and cycles. And in those cases, it would really be helpful to reach out to your therapist if you have one, a trusted friend, I need someone to process stuff with. That would be a step further than what's just in your control in this exact moment. But I hope you know the person that submitted this. This is very common to feel stuck. And it's a positive thing that you're even aware of that feeling versus just keeping yourself busy to the point that you don't acknowledge the feelings that you have or where you're at in that day. So it's a good thing to acknowledge that you're stuck. And then the next steps get outside, get in nature, sunshine, 
music, art, something that dislodges that moment. And then if needed, contacting a therapist or talking to a trusted friend to help gain perspective of where you feel like you're stuck going in circles. These are both great questions. And I love when you guys submit questions to be vulnerable with yourself and then also seek advice from someone else who has been around these questions quite a bit, even experiencing them myself. But I hope that this episode was helpful. And if it was, I would love if you share it with a friend, send the link, post on social media, whatever works for you. But word of mouth is the best way to help get the word out about this podcast. I hope you have a wonderful week ahead. And as always, you've got this and I'm cheering you on. See you next time.